Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hey everyone, this is Lance Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys, and in this week's episode, we talk about your 10 and 26 Detroit Pistons. It's uh, the midway point of the season. Ben Golker and I give out our midseason letter grades for the Piston, and then we talk a little bit about the Blake Griffin buyout, which finally occurred this past week. As always, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. The best way to do that is to share, subscribe, and leave comments. Please leave comments on the discussion post on Detroit Bad Boys. That's the best way for us to have the conversation that we want to have around the podcast. In order to do that, though, you have to be following DetroitBadBoys.com, which you should be doing, because it's the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis this season. With all that said, it's time to go to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. Pleased, as always, to be joined by my usual co-host, Ben Gulker. How you doing, Ben? Laz, I'm doing pretty good. Happy happy anniversary of a year of quarantine and lockdown. What a year it has been. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So uh, we we got something a little bit different today or this week, Ben. Um, the Pistons obviously haven't played a bunch of games. It's the All-Star break. The All-Star game is today. They're jamming the entire weekend into one night. I can't wait to see how that goes. Um, <laughs> but I did want to just do something a little bit different because, you know, the the game we're, we're careening towards like completely irrelevant gameplay from our Detroit Pistons. And so that's always fun. But the big relevant thing that did happen this week um, was the official buying out of Blake Griffin. Um, we've already talked a bunch about Blake and his scenario and like, you know, recall like all the good things he's done for the Pistons and the struggles he played with this year. So I don't want to rehash any of that. I just want to ask you a simple question, Ben. Were you surprised about, about the amount of money he was willing to forego in order to go someplace else? You know, as I, I think the Pistons had more leverage than people were giving the conversation credit for. Um, you know, they could have simply done nothing and allowed Blake to opt out or opt in, right? So uh, they they maybe would have lost a little bit of reputation. Maybe that wouldn't have been a super popular thing for them to do, but I do think it gave them a little bit more leverage than I think everyone was, was really giving them credit for. So I wasn't super surprised. I, th- I think, you know, Laz, you brought this up when you first floated the idea of potentially, you know, Blake just opting out. He's made his millions, right? I mean, he's made millions upon millions of dollars. And even with the money he's giving up, he's still going to make more than most people make in their lifetimes in a single <laughs> season. So no, you know, I wasn't super shocked. It gives him a chance you know, who knows how many years he's even going to be able to play, 
right? Like we're yeah. talking a year, two years left maybe. So, you know, I wasn't shocked that he'd, he'd give up some of that money for, for one more chance to be part of a winning team. Yeah. I was a little surprised that he gave up so little. Um, there have been other situations in which, um, you know, uh, individual guys have given up more money than the $13 million he foregoed. Um, and there have been other situations where, you know, guys have had more guaranteed money or less guaranteed money coming their way and, and given up more. So I was in, I was a little bit uh, intrigued as to like how they arrived at that number. And, you know, Blake hasn't signed anywhere. We'll see if he's able to recruit, recoup like $13 million in his next couple of contracts. I don't know how that's going to go. Seems pretty unlikely. Yeah, but we'll 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 see. But yeah, I was uh I'm 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 glad this has finally come to its logical conclusion and that uh the team is able to move forward and that Blake is able to move forward um and still make what 52 50ish million dollars in guaranteed salary still from the Detroit Pistons. A lot of money. So yeah, just just write the check, Tom. Just just write the check. Anyway, uh, so that was the only big Blake thing that we had this week. The uh, the other thing I wanted to do this week for the podcast, Ben, is midseason grades. Uh, I feel like that is a cheap and easy thing to do a podcast about when I don't want to talk about the games and we are <laughs> at the midway point of the season. And so let's do some midseason grades. Um, we had different grading rubrics. Um, yours was more complex and more uh, detailed than mine and mine was simpler and i think perhaps a little bit less structured than yours but uh mine was easier <laughs> so we decided <laughs> so to we go last <laughs> <laughs> so the way the way i'm thinking about the grades is uh you know i'm thinking about it just like if you met expectations for the year for the pistons that's a c right c's meet expectations you pass we, you don't do anything special. And then we just kind of slide up and down from there as to how, how much you exceeded our expectations or as uh, how little, you know, you fell under our expectations. And we'll see where the grades go from there. Um, let's start with the guards. So, Ben, what grade would you give DeLon Wright for the year? DeLon Wright. So I'm going to start by saying B+. Uh, in a lot of ways, he's doing kind of what I thought he would do. I expect him to be just a solid role player. But the reason I, I graded him up from expectations was really twofold. The first is I really wasn't expecting him to be this effective of a point guard. Obviously kind of thrust into that role with, with all of the injuries and the Derrick Rose trade, et cetera. Uh, so that to me has been really impressive. I, I was thinking of him more as a ball handling shooting guard, but he's really filled the point guard role very well. Um, you know, and then secondly, he's shooting the three ball at a career best. And I've, I've mentioned this before. When he's shooting the ball well, it really contributes to Pistons winning. Um, some of his biggest games have been in their biggest wins. Um, you know, so for me, he and Mason Plumlee are kind of the two stable vets that are, you know, number two and three in the team in terms of, like, most productive play. Uh, so DeLon gets a solid B-plus from me. I I think I'm going to be frustrated at how much we agree on this podcast. <laughs> because, no, that that is that is precisely the grade I had in mind for DeLon, simply because, you know, uh, he was not supposed to be in the position he's currently in, which, which is not injured, but the, the starting point guard for this team. Um, and he has driven winning and driven the, the precious little winning the Pistons have done 
and the uh, and kind of driven the offense in a way that you know I wholly did not expect him to be able to do, um, and at this point in his career, and so I think that he definitely exceeded the expectations I had for him this season. But uh, he is not. But that is an inconsistent thing, right? He is not consistently giving the Pistons, I don't know, like eighteen and seven a night or something like that. And so it's really difficult for me to give him an A, an A, right? And so, but. But B, like at B plus, absolutely. That is the grade I think he is deserving of. All right, Ben, next guy, Wayne Ellington. What grade would you give Wayne Ellington? Well, wow, if we had been giving these grades out two weeks ago, this would oh, feel, maybe, feel yeah. different. <laughs> but to me, Wayne just is just sliding into that C spot. He just is who he is. His absurdly ridiculous shooting that obviously wasn't sustainable has kind of fallen off a cliff. And look, he's, he's trending downward. He's probably going to settle in in his high 30s, low 40s, which is right in line with his three-point percentage throughout his career. So Wayne is who he is, and he, he's getting a solid C, not in a critical way, because he's still able to do what he does as old as he is, and I, I think that's great. But, yeah, he, he just is who he is, and he's who I expected him to be. I'm going to give Wayne a B-, minus, but um, that B- minus is sort of aspirational. I hope that the Pistons are able to trade Wayne and get something of value for him. And I think uh, because I think that's a possibility, um, that makes me give him a grade higher than a C, right? So I'm, I'm slightly just like nudging him above uh, expectations for the year. You know, if you had told me uh, before the year started that like Wayne A played so much and B played so well that the Pistons were able to get something of value for him at the trade deadline, like I would have been like, yeah, that's totally beyond my expectations. I don't expect Wayne to play that much this year. And so the simple fact that he has put himself in position to be traded for something of value, to me at least, means he's like in the B range. But he has not done much more than that. He hasn't been like an impact player defensively. Um, he's been a, a key part of keeping the sometimes stagnant Pistons offense going when, when it's easier to do that when you're shooting 60% from three for like a two-week stretch. Um but yeah, it's it's tough for me to it's tough for me to say he like you know performed uh, below expectations, but he certainly did not like rise much much higher than the expectations I had for him this season. Uh, I guess staying with our shooters, Ben, what what grade would you give Svi? Oh yeah, speaking of shooting, this is my first bad grade of the night. Um, yeah. You know his shooting is way way down from yeah. where it was a season ago. And really, he hasn't developed other parts of his game in ways that I was really hoping for. Um, you know, he's lost spots in the rotation at times. He's had some DNPs. And look, this is really kind of a make-or-break season for him with where he's at in his career and his contracts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to take advantage of, of, of that so far. And I hate to do it, but uh, for me, Svi is a solid D. He's, he's just not, he's not performing right now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be slightly slightly nicer to Svi than you. I'm going to give him the the C minus if only because I think the shooting numbers he's put up so far this year are not reflective of his actual shooting ability, right? Like I refuse to believe that a guy who was a 40% shooter for 4 years in college and a 40% shooter in the NBA uh for the previous 2 years is all of a sudden like a 32% shooter. I I don't think he's that bad of a shooter. He just, you know, this, this is an off year for Svi. But I do think you hit on this in your letter grade. He has not improved at anything else 
to the point where, you know, if the shot's not falling, he can add something else like to the team. And so he's definitely fallen below my expectations. You can see him trying stuff, right? We've seen him attack the rim with more, more fervor. Um, we've seen him like try finishes around the rim that he hasn't, you know, necessarily tried in the past, but he hasn't been successful. And that is part of development. And I'm glad he's trying that stuff, but I also like can't give him credit for it not working. I can't give you, I can't give you points just for trying. You don't get points just for writing your name on the test. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I'm going to give Svi, uh, again, the first bad grade of the night a solid C minus with the uh, option to raise it. If you shoot better from three this year, Uh, next guy is Rodney Magruder. Ben, do we give Rodney Magruder like an incomplete? Do we give him a, what what, what grade do we give Rodney Magruder? I'm glad you said that because I really struggled with this one, right? He's had two recent big games and that's just totally skewed. Like his season average, he's only played (laughs) just over a hundred minutes. I would have said incomplete before that. So, but you know, let me say I did know that the the dude could shoot and score. We saw a little Mm -hmm. bit of that a season ago. So I'm going to say C, but with the caveat that, you know, those two, those two big games, just, I think they were both this week really just kind of skew everything a little bit. Yeah. I think I'm going to give Rodney a C minus. I thought there was a a chance that he could play kind of the Wayne role this year. I thought, you know, know, in a situation where, uh, you know, the team really needs like spot minutes from a shooting guard, I thought, you know, he could provide that. Um, Obviously that hasn't been the case and it's, been because they found you know uh those minutes elsewhere but it's also been because uh he's only been like okay when when he gets in uh he was you know and he's been thrown into weird roles right he was the the backup point guard for a couple games remember that that was fun um and the the big games against the the knicks and raptors that he had this week are not enough to to sway me into thinking that he has had like you know uh, anything less than a negative uh, aspect on the team this year. I mean, like, and I'm sure there's there's locker room stuff, there's behind the scenes stuff, there's veteran stuff that he's doing that we don't have any insight into. Uh, Dwayne Casey talked about his leadership, you know, on, on the bench and in the locker room uh, this past week. And so, like, yeah, he's, I'm sure he's doing that stuff, but you know, uh, we can't. I can't give him credit for that as well. So, yeah, would C, yeah, C minus. I, I think. Uh, you know, Ronnie's not had a great season and that's fine. Uh, who's the next guy? Okay. So now we're in like a weird situation, Ben. Cause like, I didn't know if we should grade Derek Rose or Blake Griffin or Dennis Smith jr. Or any of the other guys who have only played like a partial amount for the Pistons this year. Um, and so I, I, I want to, I want to see where your head's at with, with <laughs> this guy in particular. What, uh, what grade would you give Dennis Smith jr.? So DSJ has definitely exceeded my expectations, right? I mean, here's a guy who seemed like he was on the brink of maybe not being a player in the NBA much longer. He wanted to go to the G League of his own accord to get some reps and some minutes. That's obviously not the situation you want to be in. Uh, But he's played, I think, on the whole fairly well. He's played some of his best overall basketball of his career as a Piston. That's not to say that his best performance means he's a starting NBA player, but... He is playing like a guy who looks like he could potentially be in the rotation somewhere as a point guard, both scoring and facilitating. So, you know, to me, that exceeds my expectations of of what we were going to get from DSJ. The reporting we had, I think, Laz, you mentioned this, 
the Pistons weren't even necessarily trying to get a look at him, right, mm -hmm. as a result of this trade. Uh, but I, I think he's earned the minutes he's received. And so for me, he gets a B. Okay. Okay. I really struggled with this just because I don't think I like, I, I think he has played better than I expected, but I also just think a lot of that is that he has played. Um, he's gotten more of an opportunity than I envisioned him getting when he got to Detroit. Right. And so I really struggle with this. I think I have to give him like a C. I think, but like by my own rubric, he's, he hasn't played, he hasn't overplayed the, the expectations uh, I had for him to the point where I feel comfortable, like giving him a B, maybe C plus, maybe C plus that can be my compromise. Um, but he, yeah, he's, he's done some things that I've really enjoyed, but he's also like had some very, uh, very, you know, prominent shooting struggles as a piston. Um, he's been a better, I, I, was a fan of his ability to distribute um like in his short minutes and so like i'm not surprised that he's been able to do that at the nba level um you know the triple double is like a nice performance but that's one game out of the like you know 10 or so he's played as a detroit piston and so and i don't know how much longer this is gonna last mm. honestly I, I i when uh when killian hayes returns I wonder what kind of role he and, and Saban are going to split uh, amongst themselves on the team. And so it's, it's tricky for me to give DSJ like more than like a, a C plus. Does that make sense? I feel like that's, I feel like that's a little bit harsh on Dennis Smith Jr. I, no, I don't know. It, it's not harsh. And I think it's, it's cool to have some disagreements about this stuff. And I think, you know, this brings up the question of like, well, what does the rubric mean? Right. Because like right. if I were trying to objectively evaluate Dennis Smith Jr.'s quality of play, he would not be a B, right? Like he's, he looks like he could maybe be a backup point guard. Right. Like, and that's the best I could objectively rate his play right. and he he'd have to fight to be that on a lot of teams right like he'd be a third point guard for a lot of winning teams so yeah i mean i think it take the rubric into account for the evaluation um i'm probably higher on him because i had pretty low expectations that that's totally fair all right ben uh this counterpart is up next also when i was i was writing down all the names of the guys in order to you know grade them on the sheet and I was like, man, we have a lot of guards. I didn't realize yeah. how many, <laughs> realize how many yeah. guards we had. Yep. Uh, next guy, Saban Lee. <laughs> what grade would you give Saban? Yeah, so for Saban, again, this isn't objectively evaluating his play, but it's about expectations. Um, I didn't love what I saw from him in the preseason and early in the season. He looked mm -hmm. to me like a guy who, frankly, was struggling to get the ball up the court sometimes, and that's not what you want to see out of a point guard. But it, you know, it looks like after a, a couple months of development, he's figured some things out and put some things together. You know, I think when you look at his averages, some of these things are going to fall back to earth. He's shooting the ball at just an absurdly high percentage right now. That's going to fall back to earth. Um, but I think what you're seeing is a guy who could legitimately make a case for becoming a, a backup point guard for, for a decent team. Um, you know, I think if he doesn't get to his completely realized full potential, he's probably a guy who's fighting for um, backup minutes, right? Like he's a two or three point guard. He's a second or third point guard in a team. But but still, what we've seen from him so far uh, exceeds my expectations. So for me, he's just a little bit higher than DSJ. I gave him a B plus 
um, because he's really been better than I than I was hoping for when we first got a look at him in the preseason. Yeah, I I also gave him a B plus, but I think it would be it would be fair for me to say at least that he is like very far exceeded my expectations of him this season. But the problem is my expectations for him were zero, right? right. I, had, yeah. I had zero expectation of him being a, being able to contribute anything at the NBA level this season. And so um, it's like, maybe I should give Saban an A, maybe I should give Saban an A minus, but I think a, a B plus is more ac- is a more accurate reflection of like how well he's actually played. But with that said, right, like he has been a, a bright spot uh, for this team in, uh, in terms of like just having another developmental point guard uh, in the pipeline in his ability to distribute, which is something I didn't really expect from him. He's been able to, to distribute in a way that um, has, has really impressed me. Uh, he's, he has restructured the shot already. We've seen, um, I know this, the shooting is, you know, bound to come down and he's still, you know, still record scratching and not taking all the available threes that are open to him. But We've seen him shoot with confidence and we've seen it go in to uh, and we've also seen like the the form looks much, much different already than it did in college. And that makes me encouraged about like where it could be, you know, down the road two, three years from now. And so, yeah, I, I think I think Saban gets a gets a B plus from me because he has, you know, far outstripped what my low, low expectations were for him this season. Also, I'm I, I haven't. I've gone through these grades in my head, like mentally, and I'm thinking now to myself, like if Saban gets a B plus, like I don't know if anybody's getting an A. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben. Uh, next guy, Killian Hayes. What grade would you give Killian Hayes? So, in the spirit of generosity, I'm going to give him an incomplete. Um, you know, he got injured in a pretty significant way before we really had the chance to see who he was, and then I think. Um, when you consider the fact that all of his minutes came before the Derrick Rose trade, before Blake Griffin uh, left the team, et cetera, like he didn't get the opportunity that some of these other guys like Saban Lee, like Dennis Smith Jr. have had to cash in on sort of an increased role and an increased opportunity. So I'm going to give him an incomplete. Um, with that said, I mean, the thing that has been disappointing about Killian is his shooting. I yeah. certainly didn't expect uh, a knockdown shooter the way that he has struggled so much around the rim with his floater um, with, with really any sort of shooting whatsoever is the thing that if I were grading him would, would pull it down quite a bit. I like his defensive um, not only instincts and capabilities, but I think he's actually a pretty solid defender already, which is impressive for a kid that young. Uh, I like his instincts as a point guard. Um, I think we didn't get to see as much of that as we'd like to because he shared the floor with Blake Griffin so much and, and Blake really commanded the ball a lot. And then his passing, he's made some absolutely fantastic passes, especially when you consider how young he is. So there's a future there. Um, and hopefully we get to see some of it before this season is over. But, you know, so far it, it's really been kind of a struggle when you put everything together. Uh, and the fact that he's only played, I think, seven games gives him, gives him an incomplete for me. Yeah, I, I I think the only fair grade you can give Killian is an incomplete. Um, again, seven games, you know, that's just so few, uh, especially considering we are, you know, 30 odd games into the season. Um, 
And when also the other thing I think about with Killian is when you think about the the level of competition he faced in those seven games, that hardly seems like the the welcome mat you would want for a 19 year old rookie point guard to get, you know, going up is like, hey, you know, go up against Trey Young, go up against Steph Curry, yeah. you know, be guarded by Marcus Smart, um, you know, go go up against, you know, your Spider-Man meme and D'Angelo Russell. Right. Uh, I think he had a very rough introduction to the NBA and he never got the opportunity to do uh, to be, you know, much more than his already like rough start. Um, and so, yeah, for for this half of the season, he gets an incomplete. Uh, if we do this podcast again at the end of the year and he and he plays, you know, 15, 20 games, perhaps I would be very curious to see, like, what kind of grade we end up giving him. I'll say that much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Arvin, should we do Derrick Rose? Do you want to? I'll Derek make it Rose quick. Uh, okay. Derek Rose is a C minus for me. He regressed from a season ago, which is a disappointment. His shooting was was really down, and frankly, he just didn't look in it at times. Uh, he so for me, below expectation, C minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was I was if we were going to give Rose a grade, I was going to give him a D. Um, just did not look engaged in the project of like being a Detroit Piston as much as he did in the past. Like there were like. Delon Wright was so much better than Derrick Rose when both of them were playing that uh, that hardly seems you know like a like a fair statement of where Derrick Rose's like talent and ability is. But uh, yeah, just far below expectations for the season. And we don't ever have to talk about Derrick Rose as a Piston again. That feels very hey, good. <laughs> that you know, and he's already done like the reunion tour. He's already come back to Detroit, so we don't even do even have to do that. <laughs> this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So, all right, Ben. So now we've got the forwards. Fewer forwards on the team. So we're already, I think we're already basically halfway done the roster. Uh, first guy I wanted to start with actually was Sadiq Bey. What was your, uh, would your letter grade be for Sadiq? Bey? All right. So Sadiq gets the A, the first A on the team. Oh, again, okay. not about objective play about expectations. Right. Uh, so for me, here's the question I'm asking about Saban Lee right now. Um, is his ceiling like a solid three and D rotation player or is his ceiling, you know, a more complete offensive player than just stand in the corner and shoot threes and, to me, the fact that I'm asking that after just 30-some-odd games of his rookie season, even though he's a little bit older than some of the other rookies, all those qualifiers out of the way, the fact that I'm even asking that question means um, you know, he's succeeding in a way on the court that I certainly wasn't expecting. Um, you know, He's got shortcomings. He's, he's limited in certain ways. All of those things are absolutely the case. 
Um, but I, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him. And, you know, probably there's a little more subjective positivity in here than uh, other people would throw in. But it's just been so fun to watch rookies play minutes and then mm-hmm. thrive in those minutes. Um, so that drives it up for, for him and a little spoiler alert, Isaiah Stewart, I kind of feel similarly about. It's just been a lot of fun to watch these guys play and play well when they've been given the opportunity. You you are a big softy, Ben. <laughs> oh, well, we're gonna have we're gonna have two players in particular where I think we're gonna clash. So oh, I think that's so fair. that's so fair. they're coming. <laughs> I'm gonna give Sadiq uh, a solid B plus. Um I think that he has so the expectation was that he would step into the NBA or like ready made three and D wing and he's done that. And so that like by the rubric that would give him a C, but he's been much better on both of those axes than I expected. Right. Like I didn't expect him to shoot this well from three and I didn't expect him to be this good, a team defender like right away. I expected he would come in and do those things just like not at the level that he has done them. And so to me that, that elevates the grade. Um, he's, and we're, we've also seen the flashes of, of him doing more, right. We've, uh, we've seen the, the, the passing ability out of the pick and roll uh, a couple of times in some very like high leverage situations, which has been really cool to see. Um, we've seen him not just, uh, you know, fight to get his shot up, but we've seen him like, you know, relocate and be part of like an, an offensive system. Um, we've seen him, you know, be a really good defensive rebounder, which is something I personally, um, you know, I think that was something that was expected to translate from college, but like, I, you know, I didn't personally expect him to be so effective on the glass. Um, and so, yeah, Sadiq has definitely like outplayed what, uh, I expected him to do this season, uh, to the point where I feel, I feel pretty good about giving him not quite an A, but, but definitely a B plus, like a solid, like an 89 <laughs> on the B plus scale. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, Josh Jackson. What, what letter grade you got for Josh Jackson? I'm All very right. curious about this one. This yeah. So last week I, I talked about Josh because I've been – the buzz about Josh Jackson has been super positive, right? And he's having a mm-hmm. career year and those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I disagree with that take. Um, and the reason I disagree is because I, I feel like when you look at the points he's scoring, it's largely the result of the amount of shots he's getting. And when you dive deeper into those efficiency numbers, like I did, I think it was last week when we talked, like like he's just a very poor scorer. Um, The things that I really appreciate about Josh, um, consistent, solid effort. He plays hard all the time. And I think defensively, um, he's, he's solid. He does some interesting things. He blocks shots, which you don't necessarily expect from his position. Um, and, and to his credit, Laz, you, you made a good point. I think this was last week when we talked as well. When you've got a second unit that doesn't have a lot of offensive firepower, you need somebody to shoot. And, and Josh has played that role. Um, you know, but uh, unfortunately, my overall evaluation of Josh is that uh, he's not a net positive player if he's going to shoot the ball as much as he's shooting right now unless he significantly improves. Um, and if you look at his shooting numbers from a season ago, what he did in Memphis, they're actually down, uh, which is disappointing to see because you'd hope that that would improve over time, not not regress. So for me, this is a C-. minus. He's just a little bit worse than I was hoping for, and that's just largely due to the shooting numbers that we talked about. I'm okay. I'm glad. I'm glad we're going to disagree 30 minutes into the podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to give Josh a B minus. Right. And I think, I think it's just because 
of what you talked about, right? Uh, I am I am waiting what he gives the the bench unit uh in t- just in terms of like sheer production uh, a lot more heavily than the drop in efficiency that that we've talked about in the past um just because uh like somebody somebody has to do it and the pistons desperately need somebody who can do it and they found somebody who can in Josh Jackson like is it always pretty no it is not always <laughs> it is not always pretty uh but it, but it gets the job done um was like what was I gonna say the the expectations I had for Josh this year was that like he would pair with Derek Rose to give the Pistons like a spark off the bench for the most part. Well, we talked we talked about Derek Rose. We talked about how Derek Rose you know didn't play up to that level that we expected out of him, and Josh in turn kind of absorbed a lot of that responsibility uh, offensively for this team and did so productively not efficiently but but in terms of production he 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 managed to do that and so for me at least that the what the pistons need is production and he's provided that and that means he has outstripped the the expectations i had for him this season like would would i like to see him shoot better absolutely that would be great um but you also like you i looked at what the team the the element of explosiveness the element of like aggression and transition the the element of just like a scoring threat uh or a driving threat in the half court when jeremy grant sits um you, you look at like the new york game and it's just like it's it's really hard for the pistons to get to get uh you know attempts at the rim when when he's not on the floor and so like yeah he's he's played better than i think i expected him to but not like a crazy amount better right so b minus it is all right ben the ooh, we got we got another tough one uh seku dumbuya what, yeah. what letter grade would you give seku yeah interestingly this was not tough for me at all um by far he deserves the lowest grade on the team in my opinion um we're we're doing letters so i think we only go to e is that right is that what schools still do or do they e, do yeah, f's you, we can do f okay I mean, so I, f. I haven't been in school in a while <laughs> i got some f's you know on my ledger so yeah we can give out some f's so so seiko gets an f from me um and the reason why is i i don't see any part of his game that he improved over the off season um and <laughs> look he's producing worse like his shooting is down um he just can't seem to make an open three to save his life um he just he he sucks he's terrible right now um i hope this is not the end of the book for him but right now he's he's bad he's just absolutely bad i hope he still gets some minutes because he deserves a chance to develop on a team that is rebuilding but he's he's been really bad probably probably the worst player the pistons have employed in my opinion so failing grade for second all right i'm gonna give him a d plus yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean actually no, I'm gonna give him a D, just straight D. Uh for me, if if he did not look uh he looks more comfortable out there on the court, um, that is not necessarily translating in terms of production, which is totally accurate, or efficiency, which is also totally accurate. But I think that the amount of times that uh he's looked like just completely overwhelmed or uh, in the moment 
for this team has been much fewer than he did last year. Uh, and so that's that's enough for me to not fail him. But that is almost everything positive you can say about what, what Seku has done this year. Um, like you mentioned, the shooting numbers are down. Um, uh, the He still doesn't do any one thing at an NBA level, which is a problem for uh, any NBA player. He is still only barely 20 years old if memory serves he'd like he turned 20 in december and so that the fact that he's getting really poor marks from both of us is not a reason to discontinue the the seku dumbuya you know experiment but it is definitely just a statement of fact about his level of play to date so far in the nba and i, th- I want to get that clear, right? Because people are going to see the top line. We like we gave Seku a D and an F. And they're going to be like, "Oh, Seku sucks. We should trade him." And like, no, you trade him, and then you never like know what he ends up being. You, you, he's a D and an F now, but like, let's let's see him hit twenty two years old before we like completely throw out the baby with the bathwater. All right, Ben. Happier note. Jeremy Grant. What letter grade would you give Jeremy Grant this year? Ooh, I wonder if this will be a happier note. So I'm a dissenter on Jeremy Grant to some degree. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's an all-star or a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, my expectations about Jeremy Grant were largely list, well, what's he going to do, right? Like, how good is he going to be? What what translates to a star role? Um, and in a lot of ways, he has exceeded expectations. Um, so let's start with a positive. For me, as an individual scorer, shot creator, shot maker, bucket getter, get to the line and, and shoot free throws, he's obviously significantly better than I thought he was going to be. So he's obviously going to be better than the expectations on, on that front. Very true. Um, things that, to me, he has actually not exceeded expectations and hasn't even met expectations, in my opinion. Um, he, he's just not a lockdown defender this season so far. Obviously, I don't think that has anything to do with his skill set um, because obviously he hasn't gotten less athletic. His physical tools haven't diminished given where he's at. Um, but I think, you know, you just you don't ask a guy to be your entire offense and your lockdown defender. But the flip side of that is, like, if you're going to evaluate him on his defense, he's he's not the lockdown defender that he was in Denver. He still does good defensive things. He gets some crazy blocks. He does play the passing lanes well. So it's not like he's a bad defender. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying he's not the lockdown defender I was kind of hoping he would be. So that takes his score down a little bit for me. And then I think, um, you know, the other thing that's a knock on him where he still has room to grow is as a complete offensive player. I've talked about that a lot, so I won't rehash it. So for me, Jeremy Grant is a B minus. And I think people are going to say he should be an A or an A minus. But, um, you know, to me, the scoring is great. Um, but there's other things I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping he can do. And maybe I'm being a little unfair. People tell me if I am. Uh, but Jeremy's a B minus for me. Now, I don't think you're being unfair. I do disagree with you, and I'm going to give Jeremy Grant an A. Yeah, I thought so. I thought this well, would be a, some controversy. I like it. No, this is this is good for me. I I, I just suppose the the reason I'm going to give Jeremy an A is because the the on ball scoring and the ability to kind of shoulder an offensive load um, f- 
his ability to do that this year, even with the um, like even with his play in the rec- in recent weeks, where that was you know less efficient and and slightly less productive, his ability to just shoulder that was far beyond what I expected from him this season. You know, like going into the season, I figured you know I was you know hoping against hope that like he would be second banana to Blake and they would do like interesting things together on offense and that um he would he, you know he would play that role instead right what what ended up happening is that like for a long stretch of period, time like he was the offense right like he drove everything for this Pistons team and so yeah i got i got to give him an a uh, maybe not an a plus i do think that um the the point you bring up defensively is a good one. Um, he was not, he wasn't really like even like a shut down on ball guy in Denver, but uh, you know, they needed him to uh, be a lot more. Uh, uh, they needed him to like create a lot more havoc in that team uh, than this Pistons team does. Um, but I, I will say, I think, you know, shouldering that excessive offensive load has like made him less effective defensively. It's made him pick his spots a little bit more defensively than I think. Um, he's had to in the past uh, but think about uh, I think about the the duel he had with Zach Levine down the stretch of the Chicago game where they were both yeah, kind of scored they're both scoring on each other but you know he's supposed to be better than that defensively and so like yeah I think it's fair to give him uh, not it's not it's not fair to give him an a plus I don't think anybody deserves an a plus on a 10 win team but <laughs> he's he's definitely been the best player on the Pistons in a way that I didn't expect this offseason he's lived up to the contract um it's he might he's the front runner i imagine for most improved player in the nba like that is an a that is an a player for me so yeah we we disagree but i i don't fault you for for your grade right like i by the rubric we set out it's like by your criteria it makes a lot of sense i I can't be mad at you ben (laughs) all right ben uh blake griffin what grade you give Blake? <laughs> uh, Blake's a D for me. I mean, he's below. He was below expectations. Um, you know, I can't say he's Seku level bad. Um, and my expectations, I felt like were somewhat realistic, but uh, he was just bad. He he was bad. He was a bad shooter. Um, he obviously physically is way diminished, so he couldn't do certain things. Um, but yeah, he, he just, I don't think he was an, a net positive a lot of the, for a lot of minutes he played. And, and I really didn't expect that. I expected him to still find a way to grit it out and do more than he did. Uh, and he just didn't. So he, he's below expectations for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna give Blake a D minus. Um, if I thought I, you know, I knew there was a chance he wouldn't be uh, fully healthy. I thought there was a chance you know, he would is like, okay, I'm not going to hold the health thing against him. But at the absolute least, um, I expected that if he was going to alter his game to better reflect the realities of his body and his ability to, to do things on the court, I thought he would at least be good at those things, right? Like I thought, you know, when we, we talked about Blake, you know, shooting a higher percentage of threes than he's ever shot before in his career, I thought he would at least shoot like, you know, 36, 37% on those shots. It's like, if you're going to take them, like at least like make them. And he, he couldn't even do that. And so like, yeah, this is, it's going to be a D minus uh, from me. I can't, I can't bring it in. I can't bring myself to fail Blake Griffin. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah, he, he 
just barely eclipsed like what uh, I would I would qualify as a failing grade. All right, Ben. Uh, next up, Mason Plumley. What letter grade would you give Mason Plumley? So Mason Plumley is going to get a B from me, and I'm going to quickly explain why. Mm-hmm. Expected solid veteran backup center, um, but he's been more. He's done more offensively, right? We talked about that last week. The piece that was up on the on the site. Um, he as sort of a hub with this greatly re- diminished offensive. Um, toolbox that Dwayne Casey has to work with. He's found some things in Mason Plumley that I had no idea were there. And then I think to his credit, um, we talked about a guy like Derek Rose, a veteran not wanting bar- wanting to be part of the project. You can't say that about Mason Plumley. He works hard, he plays hard, uh, and he produces. So Mason Plumley gets a B. I, I think I agree with all of that. Um, I part of me wants to give Mason Plumley a lower letter grade just because he didn't pair with Killian Hayes in the way I wanted him to but that's not really his fault (laughs) so I'm just gonna give him a B uh he's been much better offensively than than I expected he's been uh, a better rebounder than than I expected um been more athletic a better like vertical finisher of lobs than uh I had any right to expect and uh yeah you know Mr. Triple Double apparently for the the Detroit Pistons yeah Mason Plumley gets a B all right Ben I'm gonna switch it up a little bit because I want to end uh, on a higher note, which I think I uh, like this idea. Yeah, yeah. So, what what letter grade would you give Jaleel Okafor? Jaleel Okafor is a C, um, not because I think he's good, but because he's just kind of what I expected him to be. He he's does stuff, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you said, he does stuff. Um, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Unfortunately, he's hurt. But the fact that he got displaced in the rotation by a, a rookie about whom we had very little expectations is not does not bode well for him so he's a c for me yeah i was gonna give him a c minus um inexplicably the team was good defensively with him on the floor i don't think he was responsible for that but statistically the the team was good with him uh defensively on the floor and so you know obviously he gets some portion of credit for that um he showed some stuff uh some flashes offensively of you know, the, the type of player we think he can be as a post-up threat um, as a very much like a throwback center. But uh, he he lost his rotation spot relatively quickly. And then, uh, you know, the, the individual that replaced him gave much better effort and uh, endeared himself much more to our collective sensibilities. And so, like, yeah, I think and like that's not his fault, but I do think it's deserved that uh, even before the injury, um, Jaleel Okafor was not going to get like a, an above expectations. So yeah, C minus, I think is fine. All right, Ben, let's end with Isaiah Stewart. Beef stew. What what grade does beef stew get? Oh, you know what's going to be for me. This is one hundred percent. Well, not one hundred percent. Let's say seventy five percent Homer grade for me. But uh, <laughs> I love beef stew. He's going to get an A. I had almost no expectations from him. You know, certain of the draft guys that I like and think do a good job we're very concerned about his ability to move laterally uh we're not confident that he would be able to defend um turns out he's better defender than anyone would have anticipated and he's shooting the ball a little bit if that holds up maybe he's a complete kind of center and who would have thought that so very impressed with isaiah stewart big fan blew away blew away my expectations uh so he's getting an a from me yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Isaiah Stewart another like solid B plus, right? The 89 of, of B pluses. Um, <laughs> he's been like like you mentioned, you mentioned the shooting ability. 
uh, you mentioned the the energy, um, but the thing that kind of holds me back is the uh, the the slow progression on uh, on defense. Just because, like you know, progression as a big man as a rookie takes time. Um, I think that uh, if he's going to be the center, if he's going to be a long-term like centerpiece of this Pistons team, he's going to have to get slightly better on that end uh, this year, at least, and then you know, rapidly better as time goes on. But you know, from an from an offensive standpoint, he's been much much better than I expected. From an energy standpoint, uh, he's been you know much much. He's been you know everything he was projected to be, but that still has proven to be like far more valuable than uh, I I thought it would be coming into the season. And he's got a kick ass nickname, so yeah, <laughs> true. Beef stew. Uh, he gets a B plus from me. All right, Ben, that was a great pod. Uh, let the people know where they can find you, where they can find your work. Um, where they can find you uh, crap talking me after Michigan <laughs> won wins the Big Ten championship. Yeah, I'm not prepared. I, I'm ready to be jinxed when it comes to Michigan, Michigan State. Let's say that. <laughs> um, also, closing thought for me: this could have been a very different podcast because my original rubric was going to be much more geared around objective sorts of grades. And uh, I think I realized that that would have been really depressing because this is a 10-win team. A lot of Cs. There would have been a lot of Cs and below, let's put it that way. So, Laz, I appreciate uh, the fact that you came up with a more interesting way to talk about this that was hopefully more fun, more enjoyable. Um, But, yeah, find me at BR Golker on Twitter. Go Blue. Uh, That's all I get. Okay. (laughs) I escape. I escape with with only a glancing blow. Thank you, Ben. You're far too kind to me. and uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L A Z C H A N C E. I look forward to the second half of the season. I look forward to us talking about uh, some of the, the draft possibilities the Pistons have coming up. Um, I look forward to the uh, return of uh, some of the guys who got incompletes for, for the team this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of things to look forward to in the second half of this piston season, despite it only being a 10 win team. (laughs) (laughs) This has been the Detroit bad boys podcast. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to y'all next week. See ya.